Hi, everybody. This is Albert Hardy with BibleProphecyRadio.com. I would like to talk to you today about what's going on in the world. We have the crisis in North Carolina and South Carolina along the eastern seaboard with the flooding that came from Florence, the hurricane. And it's not over yet. It hasn't peaked or, or uh, crested in the rivers and streams and such. But now the containment areas have breached and are flooding over that, over those dikes. And um, we have about 3.5 million chickens dead. We have another 5,500-plus hogs that are dead, plus cattle, horses, and crops. Whoa, that's a big deal. It's especially a disaster because of the Duke Energy uh, claims that say that they have... uh, many areas that are flooded and getting the um, toxic uh, products like lead and arsenic out of the coal dust that they use to generate electricity in areas where there's no uh, availability of nuclear stuff. Well, there are also about four or, or maybe even more nuclear stations that are along that coast in North Carolina. We have about 12 of them in Florida, where I live, and they're all aging, let's face it. They were built in the 50s and 60s, maybe 70s, and they want to build more. We can't handle the waste. What happens to it all? We bury it. We bury it someplace, but it'll be toxic for at least 150 years, if not longer. And the problem with breeder reactors is that they keep generating more and more um, radioactive waste. It doesn't just stop, you know, after 150 years. No, it keeps going and going and going. And it's dangerous stuff. It will kill a human being in a matter of minutes if it's strong enough. And if it's not, it'll more than likely give them cancer and they'll die even a worse death. But let me ask you a question. Is God going to put up with that? forever? I'm here to say no. Revelation 11 and verse 18 says this. The nations were angry and your wrath is come. Now why would God be wrathful or angry? God is a happy God. He's blessed. He's a blessed God. That's why we call him blessed. He's the blessor. He's the one that blesses you and me. He gives us every breath of air, every drink of water, every morsel of food, and life, and a future. Wow. Now that is a blessed God. And he's happy to do it for us because he cares about us. 
We are not his enemies. We are his friends. But he will destroy his enemies. Here's what it says. The nations were angry, and your wrath is come, and the time of the nations that they should be judged and that you should give reward to your servants, the prophets, and to the saints, which are the believers, and them that fear your name, great and small, and should destroy them which destroy the earth. Well, God has a right to be angry. After blessing every human being on the planet with such things, as we just mentioned, Then they turn around and destroy the earth with nuclear power plants, with war, and with pollution. The situation in the Carolinas is so bad that it's getting into the ocean and it's killing fish and sea life all over the place. I've spent a lot of wonderful days in North Carolina. And it's a beautiful state. It's it's amazing. Get on that parkway, the Ridge, the uh, Blue Ridge Parkway, and you will see sites that are just unbelievably beautiful, absolutely gorgeous. But some of the state is doing some things that I don't think are very good. Do you know that North Carolina is the feces capital of the entire United States? And they have more animals there than in any other state. Whoa. You mean chickens, turkeys, ducks, uh, lambs, sheep, goats, cattle, pigs, you name it. Yes. Well, that's the report I hear. I don't know that for sure. But nevertheless, they've got more containment fields for blue and red water, which is the off-running of these um, pig farms and cattle ranches and, um, and chicken factories. I call them factories. They're just basically a large uh, warehouse full of thousands of chickens, hundreds of thousands of chickens. And, uh, boy, I'll tell you, I went inside one of them because I was applying for a job. I think I mentioned that last time. But uh, the smell of ammonia will overwhelm a person, take away his breath. That's a problem. That's a real problem. I know. I can speak for that. So, anyway, God is going to fix all of that including nuclear waste. That is a big problem. Let's say we had a hurricane again in Florida, and there's one on the way right now. And uh, let's say it also causes the sea level to rise to the point where it overwhelms the systems in these nuclear power plants, like the one in Turkey Creek, Florida, And uh, it's right on the coast, and it's already got radioactive water waste going out into the Atlantic. What if we have another Fukushima meltdown? 
What happens in a meltdown is when the uh, electric cooling water pumps can't pump water in because they're inundated with water themselves and they, they go out. They don't have the ability to keep the reactor core cool. When that happens, it overheats. When it overheats, kablooey. It'll blow up, and all those fuel rods, which are loaded with uh, these hockey puck-sized pellets of concentrated uranium, they uh, send out their molecules, and they bonk into other molecules, and pretty soon you've got a chain reaction and a giant explosion. And it melts all those fuel rods down into one big radioactive blob, and it'll melt down through concrete and steel, get down into the groundwater, and destroy everything. I personally believe that it'll just keep going forever that way because it's a breeder reactor, which means it breeds its own plutonium or uh, from the uranium rods. Oh, boy, what a mess. Now, only the creator God could fix that. He knows all about nuclear stuff. He knows all about uranium and plutonium and lithium and whatever else there may be that's involved in the process. And I'm not a nuclear physicist, but the stuff I'm learning about it is pretty scary. Now, what would happen to Florida if we had all 12 or 14 of our nuclear power plants go down like Fukushima did? There wouldn't any, there wouldn't be anybody left in Florida that would be uh, you know that would live. That's just all there is to it. It would devastate Florida. It would kill everybody. Well, and have a nice day. No, I'm just kidding. But it would destroy a lot of life. And I hope that never happens, but I suspect it will. But God will destroy them which destroy the, the earth. Verse 19 says, And the temple of God was opened in heaven, and there was seen in his temple the ark of his testament, or covenant. And there were lightnings and voices and thunderings and a great earthquake, or an earthquake and great hail. Wow. Book of Revelation is quite scary and interesting. But I wanted to read to you also chapter 8 of Zechariah, believe it or not. And I want to read it in the Moffat translation because I like it. I like the... Um, the way James Moffat translated it, he had no axe to grind. He wasn't a Catholic. He wasn't even a Christian. He was an atheist. But he set out to prove the Bible was just a book that somebody made up. And he couldn't do it. And after he uh, translated the Bible, it's my understanding, he became a Christian. That's interesting. These messages from the Eternal also came to me. I am, I am stirred, excuse me, deeply stirred on behalf of Zion. The Lord of hosts declares, 
stirred with deep indignation on her behalf. See, God is going to destroy the enemies of himself, the enemies of Jesus. He's going to destroy them, that is, to kill off his enemies. And you might say, well, no, wait, wait a minute. Didn't he say to love your enemies? Well, you can love someone to a point, but at that point where you can no longer get through to the person, you cannot reason with them, there's no other thing left to do but to get rid of them. They don't want to live. They don't want anything to do with God. There's nothing that God can do. They've made their decision, and he's going to let them have their decision and its consequences, and that is permanent death, permanent death. It's not eternal conscious torment in hell. When somebody in authority, like a pastor, talks to me about that, and he tries to pressure or persecute me on account of the fact that I don't buy into that, I tell him, look, John Paul II, a Catholic pope, said that they made it up. The Catholic Church made the doctrine of eternal conscious torment up. It's not real. It's not even in the Bible. They made it up. And yet, (laughs) we still want to perpetuate that nonsense? And why is it nonsense? Well, let's just ask a question. If God the Father put all the sins of every man, woman, and child, yours and mine, on the shoulders of Jesus, which he clearly did, then if that were the punishment for sin... Jesus would have to be in hell, in eternal conscious torment. But he's not. He's not. So that's not the penalty. God said that the wages of sin is death, not eternal life in the flames. Can't we get that? Anyway, moving on. Verse 3. Chapter 8, Zechariah. I will return to Zion, declares the Lord of hosts, and dwell within Jerusalem. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Didn't we see that before in um, Revelation chapter 21 and verse 3? Let's see what that says here. And I heard a great voice out of heaven, the throne, saying, Behold, the tabernacle or dwelling place of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. In other words, we're not dying and going to heaven somewhere. No, 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 no. He's coming here. And they shall be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. Did you ever hear that before from the pulpit? And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Verse 4. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, and neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, 
Behold, I make all things new. See, only God can do that. Only God can restore the earth after we human beings mess it up. And that's exactly what we're going to do. And it's exactly what he's going to do. He's going to put down his enemies. And they're not coming back. And how do I know that? Well, let's just go over to chapter chapter 51 of Jeremiah. And verse 39. Let's see. In their heat, and this is talking about the wicked of Babylon. Uh, if you read verse 35, the violence done to me and to my flesh be upon Babylon. And then in verse 39, in their heat, I will make their feasts and I will make them drunken that they may rejoice and sleep a perpetual sleep and not wake, says the Lord. It says much the same thing in verse 57 chapter 51 of Jeremiah. And I will make drunk her princes and her wise men, her captains and her rulers, and her mighty men, and they shall sleep a perpetual sleep, and not wake, says the king whose name is the Lord of hosts. So what you see there is that God himself signs off on both of those. He puts his name to it. doesn't do that all that often. That's done for power and emphasis. This is from God himself. This is what he says. They will sleep a perpetual sleep and not wake. You can't be alive in hell burning if you're sound asleep and unable to be woken. They're dead. Let me tell you, they are dead. He will destroy them that destroy the earth. God is a warrior. Let's face it. You don't want to be on his bad side. Not at all. Continuing, Jerusalem shall be called the faithful city, and this hill of the Lord of hosts is called the sacred hill. Verse 4, Old men and women shall sit once more in the open spaces of Jerusalem, the Lord of hosts declares, with each, each one with staff in hand, so they are, so old are they. And the open spaces shall be full of boys and girls playing there. Now, isn't that a pretty sound? Well, it would be if they had the right attitude, yes. To those left of the people nowadays, this may sound impossible. But the Lord of hosts declares, But shall it be impossible for me? No. In other words, I am now to rescue my people the Lord of hosts declares, from the land of the east and bring them from the land of the west, bringing them home to dwell with in Jerusalem, where they shall be my people and I will be their God. 
loyally and faithfully. Isn't that beautiful? I love that. Strengthen your hands. This verse 9, chapter 8, Zechariah. The Lord of hosts declares, Strengthen your hands, you who in these days have been so encouraged by the prophets ever since the day when the foundation of the house of the Lord of hosts was laid. In parentheses, it's got, For the building of the temple. Then, or till then, no gain was to be made by any man or beast. None who went out or in had any peace from his foe, for I set every man against his neighbor. But now, the Lord of hosts declares, I will not, I will not deal with those who are left of my people as in former days, for now I will sow peace and prosperity. That sounds great. The vine shall bear fruit, and the ground shall yield its produce. The skies will drop dew, blessings that I will make lasting. Did you hear that? Wow, that's cool. Blessings that I will make lasting for those left of my people. And the nation once reckoned you as accursed, so I will rescue you, O house of Judah and the house of Israel. And you, excuse me, you shall be an example of blessing. Would you like to be an example of blessing? Yes, I would. So fear not. Strengthen your hands. For the Lord of hosts declares, As I plan to do evil to you, when your fathers vexed me, and as then I did not relent, so in these days have I changed my mind, the Lord of hosts declares, to do good to Jerusalem and to the house of Judah. Don't be afraid. Fear not. This is what you must do. Let every man tell the truth. Amen. Let every man tell the truth in dealing with his neighbor. Let your decisions in court be true and for the common good. Plot no evil in your hearts against one another and never give yourselves to any perjury. For all these things I hate, says the Eternal. Verse 18, Then this message from the Eternal came to me. The Lord of hosts declares that the fast on the fourth month, the fifth month, and the seventh month, and the fast on the tenth month shall become a joy and a delight to the house of Judah, cheerful feasts. Doesn't that sound good? That sounds wonderful. Only love to be honest and peaceable. Wow. Verse 20. The Lord of hosts declares, One day peoples and citizens of great cities shall come. Citizens of one city shall go to another city and say, Let us make haste to propitiate the eternal 
and to seek the Lord of hosts. Yes, we'll go. Many a people and a mighty nation and mighty nation shall come to seek the eternal in Jerusalem and to propitiate the eternal. In those days, the Lord of hosts declares, ten men from nations of every language shall seize the skirt of a single Jew and say, We will go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. And that's the end of the chapter. God will be here. He'll be with us. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's not like we're going there when we die. No, that's not found anywhere in Scripture. Instead, we find that there'll be a death, burial, and resurrection of you and me. Thank God we have such a God and a creator and a savior as Jesus who cares about us and wants nothing but good things for us. I want those good things, and I hope you do too. What are those good things? Well, they're the fruit of the Spirit over in Galatians 5.22. Here's the way James Moffat, M-O-F-F-A-T-T, puts it in his version of the Bible. But the harvest of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, good temper, kindliness, generosity, fidelity, gentleness, self-control. There is no law against those who practice such things. To those who belong to Christ Jesus, or those that belong to Christ Jesus have crucified with the, or the flesh with its emotions and passions. As we live by the Spirit, let us be guided by the Spirit. Let us have no vanity, no provoking, no envying of one another, even if anyone were um, be dejected or be dejected in some trespass, my brothers, you who are spiritual, you must set the offender right in a spirit of gentleness, each of you looking to himself in case he too might be tempted. And so that's where we're going to stop for the day. But Jesus will come and he will put down his enemies. You don't want to be one of those. I know I don't. I don't want to die. I want to live. And Christ will kill people. He will kill lots of people who don't want anything to do with him. According to Jeremiah 23.40, he will bring an everlasting reproach upon them, and that is a bad reputation that will last forever. So I suggest you get to know the one and only, <coughs> get to know him, the one and only true God, and Jesus Christ whom he sent, and fall in love with him and what he's doing. It's fantastic. You want a superhero. How about one that can walk on water? 
or raise the dead, or heal the sick, or restore sight to the blind, or make the uh, paralyzed get up and dance. Yeah, that's that's really a true superhero. Well, that's who we need here on the earth, and he is coming. Are you ready? How do you get ready? You read his word, and you establish a relationship with him. Make the connection. Ask him to actually make you into one of his students, a disciple of Jesus. And that's what I hope to be forever and ever. I want to be one of his servants. I want to do whatever it is he wants done, because that's what I love. I have seen it so many times in my life that he loves to work miracles. He loves to bless people. He loves to give them good things. That's what I want to be a part of forever. There's nothing more fun than giving things away that bless and help other people. Well, this is Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. You can go to my website, Jesus is Why, and or I Tell Why, either one, and take it to the same place. It's just a place to build faith. It's not, there's no advertising, nobody's going to call you, nobody's going to hound you, or anything like that. I don't have anything to do with money on my website. So go there, and you can read my books, you can download them, you can print them, you can listen to the audio version of my study into the life of Jesus. Um, There's a lot you can do there. There's videos. So go there and have fun. Until next time, this is Albert Hardy. Have a great day. Thanks for tuning in.